Welcome to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am your host, Nia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, one meal at a time. The Plan Simple Meals podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier, happier home. Listen in for informative conversations and valuable strategies to make meals healthy, meaningful, and fun. Let's do this. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. Super excited to dive into a talk today with Elaine Gardner, who you guys are going to love because she has a great story. I love hearing stories of people who have made huge leaps and bounds in their life with their own power, with their own bodies. Um, It's always a different story, but Elaine has a great one of really not feeling so hot and getting herself to a place where she could really live a happy, healthy life. So you guys are going to love this. But before we dive into that interview, a few announcements. This episode, just for starters, is brought to us by Vitamix. Vitamix, you all, is my favorite kitchen appliance, which you probably know if you've been around for a while. Um, I use mine probably three times a day. I always start my day with a green smoothie. I make a lot of cashew cream or cheeses out of nuts. I, what else do I do in my Vitamix? I will make batter for cookies and cakes. I make soups. It's gonna be gazpacho time in a couple of months. I'm super excited for tomatoes. I make sauces, I make salad dressings, I make the base for puddings, I make puddings, I make chia pudding. Oh my gosh, just so many things. We use it all day long, you guys. So I highly recommend any busy mom to get one because it just saves a lot of time and makes healthy food really easy. So I have created a little ebook with my 10 favorite blender recipes that you guys can all go grab, regardless of whether you want a Vitamix or not, which is at plansimplemeals.com slash Vitamix. And then after you grab that email, you'll be emailed and led to a page that will share the link that will give you my favorite model. It won't give you my favorite model. It will send you a link to my favorite model, which is the 5200, just because it's the simplest one for the money. It's it's the least expensive one, I believe, for the size. And it's just the one I have and I love it. And it the link that you're going to get will give you free shipping, which is worth $50. And it's also going to send you to the refurbished version, which means that somebody has used it for a demo, like in Whole Foods or Costco. Have you ever seen that when there's a Vitamix person there. Well, that's what the refurbished part means. So it it saves you money. So if you're on the fence about a Vitamix because of the cost, hopefully this will help and hopefully you can grab yours and utilize it all summer. I mean, it's you can make ice cream. I'm going to leave you with that thought. All right. That was number 1. Number 2 is in a couple weeks we are going to have a very special challenge. And I will share how to get involved in that next week on the podcast. But you can also tune in to the plansimplemeals.com website. Or if you're on our email list, we will email you the deets there. But it is going to be a super fun challenge that is going to get some key dates and practices into your calendar. So interestingly enough... The biggest thing I hear is not that healthy food is hard to make or that you don't want to make it or that you don't like it, but that there just isn't time. And how on earth do I make all the time to work and homeschool my kids this year and get healthy food on the table? I get asked that question the most. So we're going to have a fun. We're going to have our own mama summer camp in July. It's going to be a free challenge. And I hope as many of you who think that sounds fun will join us. It's just going to be simple prompts, but they're going to be total action, totally actionable. And they're going to create a lot of space in your calendar so that you have time to be healthy, which is all I really want for you. So that's what I got to say about that. That was more of a like save the date, get excited kind of announcement. On the episode today, I have Elaine Gardner, who I met, I guess, a little over a year ago. And then we've 
gotten to have some fun conversations through messaging and Facebook. So I'm really excited to have her on today. She is a holistic health expert who really wants to change how we take care of ourselves and move us all more into prevention mode. So this is so needed in this world. So I'm so happy to understand more about what she does and see how she's raised her fam as well. She has older kids, um, so it's always fun to tap into that because I feel like when we're in the mix of things, sometimes, you know, it seems bigger than maybe it is. (laughs) So welcome to the show, Elaine. Thank you, Mia. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, good. So let's let's dive right in. I'm trying to think of where... Well, let's start with actually your story and you, who you have, your two kids, and, and how you got into... Like, have you always been into healthy, a healthy lifestyle, or did something bring that on? Yeah, it's a good question, because it, it actually is completely out of necessity. Um, I struggled with really significant health challenges for more than two decades of my life, Mm. starting at a very young age at like 14 years old um, with a whole host of things. Nothing life-threatening, thank God. I was very fortunate in that way, but I had um, incredible pain with my period when it first started, like the first time it ever happened to me, I ended up going to the the hospital because the pain was so significant. They thought I had appendicitis. So wow. you can imagine how incredibly embarrassed I was to find out, no, that wasn't what it was. It was just severe menstrual cramps. And that continued for a really long time. And I didn't know there were any other options available to me. Um, so I would just I medicate myself with ibuprofen and curl up on the couch until the pain passed. And it was unbelievably debilitating. Um, yeah. Wow. That's one of my first memories. But I had all kinds of intestinal discomfort. Um, over time, I developed really significant, severe seasonal allergies. Um, I had brain fog and severe fatigue, um, horrible muscle spasms that literally my bed would shake at night because all my muscles were spasming and I was in so much physical pain and I wasn't sleeping. So I was exhausted and irritable. I I was just, I was a mess. So, so what led you to, was it food? Was food sort of your entry point into this holistic lifestyle? No, actually the food was not the first entry point for me. Um, I, I was doing, I, I found some practitioners that were helping me manage my pain from chiropractic to massage Mm. to physical therapy. So that was kind of my entry point and they were managing my symptoms, but I was, I, it was, I still wasn't getting better. And then I, I, when I had my kids, um, my health really started to go downhill again. And I was just a walking zombie. And I, now I had two small children to take care of. And I said, there has got to be a better way and I'm going to find a way to heal my body no matter what it takes. And that commitment is what led me into the holistic world. And I started with additional types of body work and um, supplementation. Oh, interesting. Um, and then, and then, so, so where did that all lead? Like, tell us more. <laughs> so the, the nutritional supplements were incredibly helpful in the beginning because it took the edge off my irritation and started to calm down the muscle spasms. And then I did a lot of body work from craniosacral work to massage to chiropractic to Mm. myofascial release was really the ticket for me to get deep into the restrictions that were causing so much discomfort in my body because I had also slipped the disc in my jaw. So everything was just out of balance. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah. So that's really how I got started. Those, Those were my two foundational pieces. The supplementation and the body work is how I started my journey and started to heal my body. And so I feel like there's so like I feel like when you have small children it's one of those times that a lot of times we just don't give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves so what in there like how how are you able to that that sounds like some intense self-care which is so awesome so was there was there something that you had to overcome to give yourself permission to sort of dive in that way no I was just desperate I I didn't feel like I could continue to care for my children and even more so enjoy them. I had desperately wanted children for a long time. I was 29 when I had my first son and and I really just wanted to enjoy my family and I couldn't. So I, I, I was just absolutely completely, totally desperate. Got it. That's so, that's so awesome that you found all those things. 
I it was. That. It was that commitment. Once I once I made that commitment, I'm going to find a way to get better things that I'd never heard of just started showing up in my life. <laughs> and did you did you try other things that didn't work along the way or did you feel like you just like the right things kept showing up? Um, yeah, yes and no. So I, there was a lot of tweaking along the way. So different practitioners do that, you know, have their own techniques. Mm-hmm. So it was just navigating and trying um, different things within that framework, but I was continuing with body work and nutritional supplementation Got and it. yeah, and just kept refining it and looking for the right people that would continue the healing process for me. Got it. And so let's dive in from there. Then I want to definitely loop back and talk food, but let's keep going on the hormone thing. Cause that's funny. It's a, my story is that when I changed my food, I actually got my period without medication for the first time ever. And this was post kids. <laughs> Um, Yes. And now, you know, I'm 40 and it's funny. It's like that, uh, you know, and I I feel lucky that I did. There's some things I didn't have to deal with early in life. Um, But it's funny how your body changes. And like sometimes I feel like it takes me out in a way as I'm getting older and older in a way that it didn't before um, getting my period, that is. So let's talk hormones. Let's talk about can we share a little bit of your insights about what's going on and how we need to nurture our hormones over time and like what we should even be thinking about as women? Absolutely. So the hormonal system is very misunderstood. Um, Most people are aware that it gives us our ability to reproduce and have children, but what most people aren't aware is that it also controls the reproduction of you. So your hormones signal for the breakdown and repair of all the cells in your body. And your hormonal system is directly connected to mood, energy, and cognition. So it has a huge, far-reaching impact that is hardly ever recognized. And it's a very delicate system. There's a lot of communication that goes on. And we have a lot of things in the environment from food and chemicals that interfere with and disrupt those natural hormonal pathways. Um, One of the most obvious being synthetic birth control pills because those and any synthetic hormones completely disrupts your own natural communication pathways um, and what that does to your body is just completely unrecognized yeah um it's interesting because that was you know that was for a while that was how people said i had to get my period until i found acupuncture which you know in the end helped me out That is the mainstream approach that they use birth control pills to regulate the system, but it's not what it does. The synthetic hormones fool us into thinking that our body's working the way it should just by building and shedding a uterine lining, but it's actually disconnecting the communication pathways in the hormonal system. So there are just huge repercussions to that. And so how how do you think we get out of that, like that loop? Uh, You know, how does... How does one, you know, I guess some people end up on that for birth control reasons, but I I feel like I know a lot of people who are actually not on it even for that. They're on it for that regulation of the period. Um, So, so what are some of the more holistic approaches? You know, my story definitely is that changing my, my diet and just living a more holistic lifestyle in general I literally got it on my own in three days. Like that was the, 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 my allergies went away over time, but that happened so quickly. Um, Yeah. So food is huge. And one of the unique things that I do in my private practice is I actually work with whole food supplements. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to easily find out what's not working properly in somebody's body um, and focusing on the hormonal system because it's the control system and um, provide the missing nutrients to their system so that their hormonal system will start to reconnect and do what it's supposed to do within an easy, short amount of time in a much easier way than trying to completely overhaul your diet. It's an important way to do it, and you can do it that way, Um, but the whole food supplements make it that much easier and much more specific as well. Got it. But stress is another huge piece. In my 13 years of private practice, I have to say that stress is the biggest detriment to maintaining or recovering and then maintaining your hormonal balance because stress will completely hijack all the connection pathways in your hormonal system. Okay, so let's dive into that a little bit. So, and were you feel, did you experience that at all in your story that stress was messing things up? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And, you know, and, and it was, it's kind of ironic because 
you know, I was so concerned about my health and in such a, by the time I got to the holistic world, my life was so stressful just because my body was in such disrepair and I was so worried about my health and being able to take care of my kids. It was such a, it was a really, really difficult position to be in and yeah. trying to turn your life around and reduce your stress when everything is so entangled is really, really difficult. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of our listeners end up with, um, find me because of food, sometimes because of food allergies, Yes, um, which can be really stressful when you're a child. You know, I, I've seen just like the stress that people go through sending their kids even to school and not being able to like trust that. But then here we are, these moms trying to care for these kids. And if we can't, you know, if we're experiencing the stress, we're obviously affecting our bodies in ways that in the future don't pay right. so well. <laughs> and the kids are picking up on the stress from an energetic perspective. And they're also um, downloading belief systems based on the way that we're responding to stress and setting themselves up for potentially replicating those, so, those so, same stressful responses. Yeah. So how, how old were your kids when you dove into all this? Um, my youngest was 18 months old mm -hmm. and the oldest was uh, three and a half, four and a half at that time. So they're four years apart. So, and the part of the, the other part of the reason why I got involved in the holistic world is because my younger son was also having significant health challenges. Mm. He had chronic ear infections and um, he had every viral childhood viral thing that you could possibly imagine. Things I had never heard of before. It was just like one thing after the other for like eight months. Got it. So, so did you notice a shift in like, I don't know if your story was like mine, but in my case, I definitely had to take care of my, I was, you know, in a similar, we have different reasons for getting there, but you know, I, I needed to take care of myself before I could be there for my kids. Um, but I watched I, that whole modeling concept of your kids watching you go through this, um, even when they're little, I mean, cause mine were little, they were one, three and five. Um, and just watching how that alleviated like an amount of stress just in our households was quite amazing. And so did you experience any, like, so what, what happened as you went through this transformation in your household and you started, like, how did you bring that in to help your son? Like, how did that all look, what did that look like? Well, because he had the chronic ear infections, I knew something was off in his head and he had, um, was also starting to experience headaches, and I was really freaked out about that. So he had actually um, had a fairly long birth process with him, and his cranial bones were rotated. And so just the temporal bones that sit right above your ear, ears were rotated in enough that they were compressing the, the drainage in the ears. So his ears were not able to drain just because the position of his cranial bones was off. So once I started doing, having some um, craniosacral work on him, he never got another ear infection and his headaches went away. Interesting. So that was just amazing. But he, I had, prior to doing the, making that commitment, I had done all the traditional things and he had been on more antibiotics than I care to remember. And he had all kinds of gut problems and was developing allergies based on that. So that was all nutritional healing and that took a lot longer. Right. But the, as we embarked on that healing for both of us, we completely overhauled everything that we were doing in our house um, over a period of years. And what does that look like now? Well, that's interesting now that they're so big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard. I have a 13 year old, so I'm starting to see like, it's felt pretty contained up until this point, you know, and now you start to see like, oh, so it's cool, like they have some healthy habits, but then, you know, they're teenagers, so they push you a little and that kind of, so how, yeah. how did, what? My older son is away at college, so he yep. has very limited control over what he's eating, but he's yeah. very in touch with his body, and even when mm -hmm. he doesn't have the clean food that he gets at home, he knows how to navigate the food system there so that he doesn't, so that he's not miserable. He, yeah. he has found out if he's like salad with every meal, he's going to be okay. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, and he's really in touch with his body, which is just, just amazing to see. And i um, so grateful for that. Yeah. My younger son, who's 17, um, is just on a different path right now. And it's actually very challenging for me to watch and not yeah. say anything. Yeah. Um, and this only started probably in August of this year. He stopped taking his supplements. Um, he hardly ever eats at home anymore. So I have no idea what he's eating. Mm. So I know he's not eating well. Um, he is 
probably more in touch with his body than a lot of his friends because oftentimes he'll come home and say, oh, we went here and I ate that and I didn't feel good, so I'm not going to eat that again. Right. So I'm just trying to patiently wait it out and hope that he's going to come around because I know he has the information um, and the internal navigation to, to figure it out over time. I love that. So will you share a little bit that internal navigation? Like what do you feel like was the best things you did to make that part happen? I think that's really important and... I feel like that, like, I, as a, someone who didn't have that growing up and then found it, <laughs> you know, as I started on this path, it's funny, as a mom, that's felt like the most, a very challenging part, because my initial instinct is always, like, call the doctor, but, like, the doctor doesn't know, like, we know what our bodies need at many of the times when we're not, like, really sick, do you know what I mean? I do. So, so what, like, what do you feel like were some of the things that really instill that in our kids? It's been such a long journey for us and, and all of the changes that I made with food and um, with our, our healthcare appointments, um, which were mostly alternative, mm -hmm. we would talk about all those things and why it's important and why, why, what I've just learned and how I'd like to change our food. And I would ask my kids, um, you know, not only how they felt about that, but every product that I brought into the house, I would ask their opinion about how do you like this? Should we keep this? Or every new meal that I made, what do you think about this? So I was always trying to involve them mm -hmm. um, so that they would not only feel like their voice was important, but they would also be paying attention to, yes, does this feel good? Does this taste good? Do I like yeah. this? All of that. Um, so I think that's that's been really helpful for them. Cool. I love that. One of the things that we start, I started doing was I noticed that we all, like when I was out in the world and when I remembered food situations of myself, like I always remembered people telling me out loud when I was little, like how full they felt and they were going like to sleep or to take a nap or to watch TV or whatever it was. And so I was like, how can we never tell people when we've done a good job? <laughs> you know, like we never say out loud, oh, my God, I ate like the perfect amount and I feel so good. Or, yeah. you know, like, oh, I just ate that salad and that really sits well in my stomach or whatever. So I started doing that in my house. And I think that has made a, a big difference just because it's not like judging. It's not, you know, saying clean your plate or eat your vegetables it's just simply right. saying how I feel and it, you know, even right. makes, it even helps, yeah, and it helps me acknowledge because I'm not perfect. So it Absolutely. definitely helps me acknowledge when I'm feeling full or whatever. Yeah, that's a great strategy. Yeah. So uh, going back just one second to the healthcare thing, another thing you said that caught my attention was just how well you knew about what was going on in his, with his head. And then you went to a cranial sacral doctor. So that's kind of interesting to me just because I feel like a lot of times we know we have our, as adults, we have a primary care doctor and I feel like as adults, we're more willing to like test out acupuncture and, you know, learn about little things. But in that holistic approach, like how do you find out stuff like that? Like with a child, you know, how do you, how did you go about that process of, you know, figuring, trying to figure out for, for him what was wrong or what was going on? with those ear so, infections? Because our health challenges coincided, mm -hmm. and my goal was to try anything that was non-invasive. Yep. That I was completely comfortable as I was finding practitioners of applying that to him as well. Got because it. I knew there was very little risk involved. Got it. Um, cool. I love that. Um, so, and, and that worked out. The other thing I hear from people is like, well, health insurance just doesn't cover it. <laughs> so we can't do it. I understand that I people have limited resources, but I cannot stress how important it is for us to shift our mindset about that because our health insurance is not going to protect our health. It's only going to rescue us if we have an accident or manage our symptoms if we have a disease yeah. and we, we just have to break out of that mold and yes I know it costs money I spent a lot of money thousands and thousands of dollars over the 16 years that I've healed my body but it is the best thing I have ever ever done for myself I'm not even sure I would still be alive had I not traveled that path because I was falling apart so rapidly that something life-threatening would have happened to me right you can't put a price tag on that. Yep. 
Yeah. And we have a very limited income. It's, you know, we're not a wealthy family. It is well worth your while to reallocate your funds and prioritize focusing on your health. Yeah. No, it's amazing what you can find when it's a priority. Yes. Um, and when that's what you budget for and, you know, and, and it's, I mean, it's definitely a, pro it's that part has been a process for me of like really understanding, you know, where stuff comes from and, you know, just getting a handle on it. But then when you look back, it's like, oh, but we saved money on, yes. you know, not being sick and missing two weeks of work, which is huge. Like yes. just things that you just don't think about or cavities, you know, getting your teeth drilled. Like there's so many things that are expensive that we kind of like bring on ourselves. Yes, um, absolutely. You can save a ton of money by being in preventive mode and taking care of yourself because even if you have health insurance and it covers a vast portion of care, if you do have a disease, mm -hmm. you're still going to have significant out-of-pocket expenses and it can, it can bankrupt you. Yeah. All right. So let's go, let's move into food a little. So tell us about your food journey and what that looked like. What what that looked like then, what it looks like now, I don't know, like what the, what that journey has been like for you. And, and when I, go ahead. And have you always liked, like, do you like to cook? Like is cooking part, has that always been part of your life or did that come with this health change? My mom was a home cooker. So I was lucky to be raised in that environment. I'm not a skilled cook. I don't consider myself to be heavily skilled or terribly passionate about cooking, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I, I can get by in the kitchen. Um, and I, I think that's non-negotiable um, to have yep. clean food in your house. And it's not difficult to learn how to cook. It doesn't have to be complicated. Yep. You know, stir frying vegetables or you can, it, it can be really simple or just, you know, baking, baking a chicken. Anybody can bake a chicken. Yep. So um, it's definitely a skill to develop and work on. Um, you know, I... I always ate better than most people just because I couldn't afford to do so. Otherwise I couldn't function if I was like, I have a coworker that literally lived off candy bars and I can't mm. function like that. So I was always choosing better than most people, but I had a lot to learn and I started just taking like one issue at a time and implementing them and educating my family and asking for their input and support on it. And before we had those labeling laws about no trans fats, um, I was obsessed with getting trans fats out of my life because they were everywhere. Mm. And it's really funny because, you know, I was talking about them all the time. And my son, he was like four years old at the time. And he's like, I know what that box says. And I'm like, what is he going to say? He doesn't know how to read. And he picks up the box and he goes, it says no trans fats. <laughs> like, <laughs> clearly, my family is getting the message that trans fats are not healthy for us. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So again, I just, uh, you know, whatever I learned, whether it was, you know, taking fruit juice out of the house because there's too much sugar in that or, um, you know, that non-organic or con as typically referred to as conventionally grown produce has all kinds of potential pesticides and chemicals and synthetic fertilizers. And I would just start looking for better options and slowly navigating the grocery stores and bringing things home. So it was um, it was definitely not uh, like, let's throw everything out and start from scratch. It was yep. all little by little. Yeah. Interesting. But, and it's not, so it sounds like you always had the inclination with the, with food of like, you sort of always had the inclination that food would impact you if you had that candy bar. Yeah. Experience. I couldn't survive yeah. like that. I just, I, yeah, I couldn't function if I didn't eat some good food. It was just not, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't. So let's, let's, so I feel like everyone listening, you know, may not have huge issues that they're dealing with. So can we move into the more mental part of it a little bit and st we can still talk about food, but what, like, I feel like a lot of people experience that notion that we talked about before we started this call, which is brain fog, um, of just not, you know, being able to think clearly. And I feel like, so everyone could deal with some strategies around that. So can you explain your, ex your experience in what, as you were going through all this with that and sure. what we yeah. can do? Well, a huge part of why I had significant brain fog was because I didn't sleep. I had mm. such horrible muscle spasms and was so absolutely physically uncomfortable that I just couldn't get comfortable at night. I was tossing and turning. I would get up every half hour, every hour, trying to stretch and get back into bed and get comfortable and settle. Um, so I just, yeah, I got a ridiculous 
terrible amount of sleep, um, not for lack of trying. It was just because my body was unable to do that. So that was that was a huge part of where the brain fog came from. And I think even if you are able to sleep well, I don't think people are getting enough sleep. Like I require a tremendous amount of sleep and it's a just an incredible gift for me now that I can sleep and it's something that's non-negotiable in my life. Yeah. So that's one of the first things I always recommend is really, are you getting enough sleep? And, you know, they're, oh, I got six hours. I'm like, yeah, six hours isn't going to cut it for me. I need 10 hours of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds kind of pathetic, but it's just the way my body works best. Maybe because I had so much trouble sleeping for so many years, but, um, and it's the quality of sleep too. You know, if there's lights on in your room or there's electronics in your room, you're not getting that deep sleep that your body needs to repair. Um, so sleep is a huge piece of brain fog. Um, but their hormones can be a huge piece of it. I also had heavy metal toxicities. I had tons of old amalgam metal fillings in my mouth. Um, and I don't know if you know anything about that, but the metals are attracted to the brain. So they go right up into your brain and they can really suppress brain function. Um, Interesting. Did you get them all got, taken out? I did get them all taken out. Um, but that wasn't what made me feel better as my body, I, my body got stronger and I was using supplements to help my body process the metals. My brain came back on for me. It was just miraculous. Like I woke up one morning as I'm doing the heavy metal protocol and I'm like, oh my God, I can think again. Like I have clarity. I knew it was there, but it's been gone for so long. It was so amazing to have it back. So Interesting. heavy metals and chemicals can be brain fog, um, lack of serotonin and dopamine and all those neurotransmitters that are made in your gut um, can cause a lot of brain fog. And then there's a lot of environmental things from chemicals and food and in the environment. Um, some people work in very unhealthy work environments where they don't have access to natural light and the overhead lights um, are not health promoting and that can contribute to brain fog. So there's many, many reasons why. Well, and it's funny, I don't think I ever knew that I experienced that. Like, I don't even know that the average person knows that they're experiencing that until you experience the other. Like once you experience like clarity for a period of time, um, that was hugely motivating in my life. Um, Cause I just, I didn't really, I guess I just didn't realize that that wasn't the way it was, which, you know, yeah. how, how would you? <laughs> until Well, you sometimes it's very subtle like that. It comes on slowly. So you don't recognize the change. And you don't remember the way it was before, but I had significant brain fog and I've worked with lots of people who have had significant brain fog and they're just like, you know, they sit in front of you and they have something to say, but they can't even figure out how to get the words out of their mouth. Yeah, well, and it's funny because I had, uh, so when I, I remember like very vivid experiences and I actually found out as I was doing my health work that I can't eat gluten. Um, I actually have celiac and I've had that always. So I... um so I had like this significant brain fog from having that in my life when I was yeah. little. And I literally remember thinking like, you know, some people are just smart, like book smart. And some people are, are artistic and some people are musical. And I just like thought that I just couldn't retain information. You know, I remember being in school and thinking that um, and just thinking I had, you know, this learning disability or something like I don't even know yeah. what I thought but it was literally just that you know and it's funny because I had these moments of clarity that I I didn't ever I didn't attach to the food but I just had moments of you know dieting or whatever in college where I would take it out and not realize what I was doing um and it was it's amazing it's amazing yeah. what that that you know, food and lifestyle can have that impact on us. Oh, absolutely. I have a good friend who, um, her son is 22 now, and I think it was two or three years ago that they discovered he had celiac disease, and he's an entirely different person. So yeah. I can easily see. And how would you know? You grew up that way. Nobody knew what was going on with you. So yeah. why would you know there was anything different? Yeah, and it's funny. And then you look back and you're like, you know, for me, like birthday parties were hell. But yeah. it was like, that was the time, like emotionally, like I just remember being tired and overwhelmed and like, yeah. and it was literally, those were the moments where I was just being inundated with all the stuff that I shouldn't be having. So it's yeah. like, you know, it makes sense in hindsight. So, yes. <laughs> so, and sleep is such a, I think sleep is such an important one and, and both sleep actually and water, I feel yes. like are two things that we, we all know, like we all know that yet so often we build these lives that fight with that a little bit yeah. you know especially with our kids yeah and people say to me all the time well I don't like water 
<laughs> and I say, all right, I get that because I used to be that way too, but I'm sorry, you have to learn to love water and just yeah. start slowly. And yeah, you're going to have to force it, but it's non-negotiable. You need it. Your body can't function properly without it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. And those two things, I feel like those are simple, right? Like it's just, you go to bed a little earlier, you like set up yeah. your room right. <laughs> You have that yeah. bottle, that travel bottle, but it's, it, it is definitely, I mean, I'm not saying that's always easy as a busy person, a busy mom running around. No, town. and it doesn't have to be every day. I mean, you can have off nights or even off weeks, but it, it's, it's the consistency over time. Like the majority yeah. of your sleep should be really, really protected so that you get enough sleep and it's good quality sleep and your environment supports sleep. And the same with your water, you can have a a, a couple of bad days here and there, but um, it's consistency over time that you're looking for. Yeah, and I like that. I, I for especially for this audience, I like pointing that out because I always get the comment of like, I have a 18 month old baby. Like, it's not my fault, <laughs> and it's so not. Like, I feel like there's definitely phases, um, but I do feel that even when I'm in that phase, if I make the commitment that sleep is important then even though it's not perfect every day, at least you're like making little headways. Like you're asking for maybe one night where you can sleep in. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're figuring it, you're, you're making it important enough that you take a nap in the day or your spouse is there in the morning one day or whatever it is. Right. Because so when you're in a situation like that where things are out of your control because you have to respond to a newborn baby or a young toddler, then you have to adjust the rest of your life to make up for what you're exactly. giving up, waking up at night. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to do that. They just want to push through the day and they keep pushing their bodies, but they're going to pay a price if they don't adjust the rest of their life to, to fit whatever cycle of life they're in right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting. And I, I don't know if it's a huge generalization, but I feel like us women, sometimes it's, it's a little bit, we're push we're push throughers. <laughs> If, that, if there's such a word, we tend to do that to ourselves. Well, we're definitely caregivers, and it's a societal thing, too. There's no, no one, we're not raised to, to focus on ourselves and prioritize our health, and we tend to think that it's selfish and take care of everybody first. Yeah. But when you're a caregiver and you have a family, everybody else is depending on you. And yeah. If, you, if something happens to you, <laughs> a lot of other stuff is going to fall through the cracks. Yeah. So you have to make the effort and put yourself first. It's not selfish. It's actually the best thing that you could do for the other people in your life. Yeah, and with the um, the sleep thing as well, you know, I feel like these things like hydration and water and eating well, like they can be really simple. They're, they can be totally simple to do. Like there's a way to break all that down in a way that is manageable. But that doesn't always mean it's easy and just right. sleep is good for us. It's also good for our kids. And sometimes it's like a hard process to teach them how to sleep through the night and whatnot. Like I'll never forget that with my first child, like teaching him how to sleep and being totally overwhelmed and, you know, feeling awful that, you know, there had to be a few hard moments to get him to learn how to do that. But it's, I have to tell you, it was a skill on the other side that I'm so grateful we gave him. Yeah. And every child is different. My first son slept really well from like eight weeks old and he was a preemie. So that yeah. was amazing for him. And the second one, because he had all those health problems and his head was probably uncomfortable, um, you know, with the ear infections and everything, he, he didn't sleep well for a really, really long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's funny. I have the same, I have a third too, but and who sleeps a lot, <laughs> but I have the same that the second one was never my sleeper and is the one with her gut issues and all that stuff. And they go through with the, the different phases of growing as well. My older son, when he went through a growth spurt, he couldn't eat enough food. Like he would literally get sick of eating because his body was just calling for food, food, food. And my younger son, all he wanted to do was sleep when he was growing. Yeah. So it's, it's so interesting. Their, their bodies are just really different and you have to just teach them to listen and support them in whatever way you can. Yeah, it's funny. I think I actually said this on a recent podcast, but, um, we, you know, we're, I took my kid, three kids out of school this year um, for this book tour. And so we haven't had to wake up to go to school at eight o'clock in the morning. And one of the things that happened is that all three of them and, you know, they're not that old. They're, the youngest is seven. Um, so they're not necessarily in that teenage stage yet, you know, seven and ten and 
one one is 13 but they're all sleeping till 10 wow yeah every single day and it's so and it's not like their bedtime has inched up a little at night like you know maybe by a half an hour but not by three full hours which we definitely were up by seven every morning to get out the door to school so it's interesting like and they've grown so much yeah. <laughs> like they have had like these amazing growth spurts so it's just so interesting to me like you know they're going to go back to school but how it's sort of stacked against you know it's kind of stacked against us um, yeah watching our lifestyles do not support proper health yeah yeah it's amazing all right so where else should we go because then we're going to wrap it up and I want everyone to hear how they can get a hold of you so is there anything else that you want to share and then we'll move into our final questions Sure. I'm actually working on um, my first ever online program, and I'm super excited about that. It's called Food Freedom, and it's um, a guide to loving, planning, loving, and buying the right foods for your health. I've just had so many questions over the years from my private clients um, about how to navigate the complex food system that we have and how to determine what's right for your body and what to eat when and how to meal plan. And so I've taken all the information out of my head and put it into a program and it should, yeah, it should be available in April. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot of people talking about food out there and fortunately there's um, more and more people that are talking about food in the right way and not misleading people anymore, but there's still a lot of confusion about what labels mean. Um, So those are all the myths that I'm just trying to compilate and dispel in, in one product. So and we didn't quite get into it, but do you have a certain viewpoint on food in general or like, or how are you getting people to understand what's right for them? Well, I don't believe that there's any one particular diet that is right for everyone's body. Yep. And I learned that the hard way through lots of experimentation. So that's one thing I'm encouraging people to just to play with different food categories and, you know, heavy on the vegetables or heavy on the meat or heavy on the legumes, what, whatever works for you. It's a trial and error type of process, but it's so worth your efforts mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily to follow the paleo or the vegetarian and the vegan, because there could be things within those systems, even if they're recommending good whole foods um, that don't agree with your body. Yep. So, but, but I'm all about clean food. Um, so the best quality that you can find and afford and understanding which labels mean something, which labels don't, um, to help you to get those things that you need and to keep the chemicals out of your life, the pesticides and the fertilizers and what, uh, GMOs and all of those other kind of things that, um, that are in food that do not support proper health. Cool. Um, that sounds fascinating. So, um, and, and it's coming up in April. And what is your website? Will you remind us of that? Yep, it's designyourhealthylife.com. Awesome. So everybody can go find Elaine at designyourhealthylife.com. And so, Elaine, I have one question that I ask every guest on the show, so I get to ask you too, which is tell us about a meal that had a big impact on you. And it could have been because of the food or the company or some major aha you had while having that meal. I love family meals at home um, with my my husband, my two sons, and my stepson. Um, If we have extended family, my mother-in-law, my mother, whoever is there. I grew up in a big family. I'm the youngest of six. Oh, wow. So having people, being able to feed my family um, and enjoy their company and and just experience that connection that you don't get often enough um, is really, really important to me. So I love Christmas. It's probably my most favorite holiday and cooking and getting everybody here together and sitting down with my family. Mm, I love that. Um, and I love, I love redefining the holidays in this, with this new holistic approach, which I'm sure you do very well too. <laughs> yeah. And without complaint, which is amazing because I used to do a lot of baking and have a lot of sweets around. I was a complete carboholic sugar addict at one point in my life. And, and I've just completely eliminated those things. Um, and no one complains. Yeah, no, they probably all feel much better on these days that they want to have fun, right? <laughs> yeah, they get excited about the turkey and the vegetables and all the trimmings, and yeah. that, that's the focus. It's great. Cool. I love that. Well, thank you so much for um, giving us this time today, Elaine. Um, we, I, I learned a lot, so I'm hoping everyone listening learned a lot, too. It was a pleasure. All right. So bye, Busy Mamas. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. Bye for now.
I hope you guys loved that conversation with Elaine. I love her energy. I really do. And so if any, if you heard any links, she shared a link at the end. So on any of these episodes, when we share links or when guests share how to get a hold of them, I, I hope you guys know that you can go back to the plansimplemeals.com website and there's show notes for every episode and you can easily click on those links and get in touch with our guests or find any information that people have mentioned during the episodes or I've mentioned during the episodes. So that's an easy thing that you can do when you're not driving or with the kids or walking or wherever you are when you're listening to this. So just so you know that that's there for you. So the thing that I'm doing now at the end of every episode is I really want us all to focus on our next doable change, that thing that we really want to put into habit in our life and work with and play with and figure out where it can fit in in the life that we have created. Because getting healthy can feel really big, but what I have found is that all the little things add up. It was the little bad things that added up maybe to get us into a certain situation, but the good things add up too. That's the good news. And this has kind of been my secret sauce for the past seven years. It's how I've put into place a lot of the habits that we have in our household, and I still do it to this day. And there's some niggly ones that keep coming back. Like I always share that Water is a hard one for me. So that's my doable change on some weeks still to this day. You know, how can I make that system really, really work for me? So I'm starting to change, change. I'm starting to change. I'm always changing. I'm starting to share three doable changes from each episode. This is about three episodes old. So you can go catch them on the last two episodes as well. But I wanted to share three things that really stuck out from Elaine's episode today. So the first thing I wanted to share, and it's funny because this definitely also makes my list, is the idea to commit to more sleep. So if this was the thing you wanted to focus on for the week ahead, you could do a couple of things. You can simply make the commitment to either get more sleep or get more quality sleep. And then if you want to take it to the next level, what I love doing is actually once you make the commitment to have that be your doable change for the week or have whatever be your next doable change is to put a couple things in the calendar to remind yourself of a few things on a daily basis or maybe you try one different thing a day. So maybe you remove electronics from your bedroom if that's keeping you up at night. Maybe you figure out a way to make your room a little bit darker if it's the light that's keeping you up or waking you up too early. If you have to get up at a certain time, maybe it's getting to bed a little bit earlier. And if you're getting woken up in the middle of the night, maybe you just need to figure out an alternative. Maybe if it's just on certain nights. So I know that a lot of people listening have little babes and you're like, I am not sleeping right now. But if that's the thing that's really getting in the way of you being healthy and showing up as a good mom, a good wife, a good friend, and a good person to yourself, then maybe it's just, you know, Saturday night. That's your night and you get to sleep and somebody else is in charge of those late night wakings and you you're nursing, you pump a little bit extra and there's a bottle given that night because we all deserve sleep and there's no reason to martyr that seven days a week, you know, even if you have a little baby. So figuring out a way to commit to more sleep is one doable change that Elaine shared. The second thing that I was inspired from this is just choose one food category to change. So Elaine talked about taking fruit juice out of the house, or moving to organic foods. But you can really do this one by one. So you are the one who knows the best where you are right now. So figure out where you are right now. You know, for example, I don't have fruit juices in the house, but there are still things I could work on getting organic. A doable change that I made a couple years ago was I decided that I was going to do the research about, you know, the three things that were still getting into our house that maybe really would be impacted if they were always organic. And one of the ones that came up was grapes. And I realized that actually when I was buying grapes and they weren't organic, they were also out of season and they were super expensive. So I just made a commitment that I would only buy grapes when they came in season and they were organic and they were reasonable to buy. And at other times, 
we don't eat grapes. Sometimes I freeze them so that they're in the freezer for smoothies, but we're not eating sort of fresh, non-organic grapes. So figure out, it can be little things. It doesn't have to be big things. And then the third doable change from this episode that I really liked, <laughs> because I feel like it's what I'm always talking about, is to put yourself first and just have a week. Just play with that for a week. So as moms, it can be so hard to take care of ourselves or to let ourselves take care of ourselves. And you, we sometimes have to make an effort to put ourselves first. And sometimes it's we might have to spend a whole week really focusing on how this is not selfish, <laughs> that it actually helps the other people in our life. And we just might spend, if this is a doable change for you and you're in this place where like, that's not where I am, maybe you're just journaling about it for a week. Or maybe you're putting in your calendar a few things that you could do that you really wanted to do. Like, I don't know, go grocery shopping for your, by yourself for an hour or go meet a friend for a cup of tea. Or if you've been wanting to get exercise on your calendar, you make a way to do that because that's really for yourself. Does that make sense? And try to make them as non-negotiable as possible, which is why I love this, the idea of putting things in your calendar for the doable change that you choose for the week. So again, three doable changes that Elaine has inspired us to do, but that you're not going to do all at once. It's not, it's not a do all this now thing because that is not sustainable. You're going to pick one and you're going to play with it is commit to more sleep. Choose one food category to change next week or put yourself first for a week. And, you know, that gives you three weeks of fun things to play with. And if none of those are jiving with you right now, remember that I have created 101 doable changes, a full list. And actually, let me just see, but I, pretty much all three of those are on there in some form or another in a different, different words. So you can go look and be ex inspired by maybe a different example. But if you go to plansimplemeals.com slash 101, then you can grab that list and just post it on your fridge. And every Sunday, pick your doable change and start experiencing the impact that has. All right, you guys, I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliments you can give us is to share Plan Simple Meals with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. I absolutely love sharing simple solutions to help busy families eat clean and live well. Visit HealthyMomsMeetup.com and come join in on the fun. In our free group, you can chat with me and other health-seeking moms, get new recipes and tips, and never be at a loss in the kitchen again. Come join the fun at healthymomsmeetup.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.